0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Sermons in My Car, or Sermons While I Drive. i got to nail that down. Uh, this is the Reverend Dr. Rick of the uh, Templar Saints Ministry, and we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, about marriage, marriage in heaven. You know, in the Bible... Uh, There's a story of, uh, I think it was the Pharisees came to Jesus and told him a scenario and asked him what he thought. There was a woman who uh, married one of seven brothers, but the brother died before he had any children, Uh, so according to Mosaic law, Old Testament law, uh, his brother was Supposed to marry her and raise up uh uh children to his first brother well the second brother died before he uh, uh raised any children or before he impregnated the wife and so on through all seven brothers and uh and the wife. I guess the wife never had got any children, as I remember the story. So they asked him, you know, of the seven brothers, uh, which one is going to be um, her husband in heaven after, uh, you know, after they they die, or after she dies. And then uh, Jesus gives the famous uh, statement or famous saying that is used by many uh, Protestants and maybe Catholics too, I'm not sure, uh, referring to marriage in heaven, is saying, in heaven there is neither giving or receiving in marriage, but all are appointed as angels. And this is, like I said, used by many religions to say that uh, marriage doesn't continue on into heaven. Uh, but, uh, you know, this isn't always a consistent idea, especially in the early Christian church. Now I don't remember who it was but it was one of the early uh Christian fathers um who made a statement um and like I said I don't have his name but he was a high ranking um person in the original church like in the first Um, Like in the second century or the first century, first or second century. But anyway, he mentioned about duality that uh, in order for a man to, uh, or for someone to go to heaven, He, uh, a man needed to be married to a woman and they needed to become one flesh and then they would go to heaven. Uh, of course the question is, what does that mean? Um, I had always assumed as a child that one flesh referred to, uh, sexual activity, but, um i don't know now if that's uh, true uh the Mormons uh, you know i uh I was raised in the Mormon church, so i'm most familiar with the Mormons. The Mormons have this concept of uh, sealing, and instead of performing marriage, they perform a sealing where they seal the man and the woman, together. And possibly that means uh, making them one flesh. They're like one unit. And they need to be sealed in order to go to the what they consider the highest exaltation in heaven. Or uh, I think they refer to it as the Degree highest degree in heaven. So a man and a woman had to be sealed together. The Gnostics in the second century they had a little different view about the soul and about humans. They believed that originally the soul, well, the the soul has. And I don't remember if they used they actually used the phrase soul or spirit. But uh, the soul was actually made up of both the uh male and female elements. And the soul is eternal, the soul has always existed, which again agrees with um Mormonism that uh uh, of a pre-existence we existed before we were born here and we will exist after we were born here they believe too that uh, we believe we existed before we were born here but we existed and this hermaphrodite uh, soul and then when we come to earth we are split into two. We are split into our male and female elements, and so we come to Earth as either males or females. And then our—I uh, guess this is where this idea of you know our purpose in life is to find our soul mate. To find our other half that has been ripped from us. So that when we die, we can be joined together to make a complete soul again. We have to have a male and female element. I don't know how homosexuality fits into that. That's a totally different subject. So, but um, right now we'll just keep with the soulmate mate um because the Gnostics didn't didn't touch on that subject so now nowadays you know we kind of think of soulmates as a person it's like that one person we got to find that one person that's perfect for us and i don't always f- agree with that i don't think there is one person that we have to find it's just a person which we can have a a relationship with do mean something for us because if you think back on the hundreds of thousands of years the humans have roamed the earth or however long you feel that more humans have existed on the planet um Marriage, you know, finding uh, the soulmate or the right person wasn't always an object of marriage. In fact, arranged marriages existed for thousands of years, uh, and these were usually ways of binding families together. Uh, uh, parents would arrange for their son to marry the daughter of a of another family or often the pers- the parents of a daughter would try to uh, marry off their daughter to a person of higher standing a family of higher standing so um, her daughter could gain status in their tribe uh, so arranged marriages were often the norm, not this searching for the our soulmate. So, I mean, this and then, you know, it's often uh, geography tends to play a big part in who we marry and, uh, of course um things like religion or schooling and stuff can play into who we consider to be uh, eligible mates so i personally am out of the uh feeling that anyone can be our soulmate um You know, finding the right mate is certainly uh, a good ideal, but like in days of arranged marriage, you know, we didn't... We often didn't have a say, and many times uh, they never met each other until the day of the marriage, and then you'd meet your wife or your husband for the first time. And... uh, so soulmates wasn't always an option, but I think getting along if we get along good with our mate that office obviously they can become our soulmate. Um so, you know, and then The Mormons, you know, have uh, different questions about uh, marriage and like that. And one of their big questions is how many wives can you be uh, sealed to? I mean, in history, wealth was often... um, You know, people would often show their their wealth by how many wives they had or their power by how many wives they had. Many wives were often um, a sign of wealth. So the question then becomes, uh, which one's your soulmate? Or are all of them your soulmate? Mormons or Brigham Young especially, felt you could have, you had many wives in heaven. You could be sealed to many wives. So there wasn't just one soulmate. There's many soulmates. I mean, but recently the Mormon church has espoused the idea, um, I think mostly to fight against homosexuality, that marriage is between one man and one woman, which kind of uh, is a slap in the face to many people like me who come from polygamous families. Uh, You know, how do we fit in to this one wife and one husband and one wife? And, you know, like my grandfather had three wives and... um, and like i said my as I talked about in one of our earlier sessions um my my mother was part of a i guess some sort of polygamist marriage i mean her her she had a husband that was sealed to two wives, not my biological father so That's another question altogether. So the question of soulmate, I think, is really up to us. I don't think there is one soulmate. Um, I think it's we make the best of what we have. And uh, if we're in an arranged marriage or if we're forced to get married through slavery or whatever... Uh, If we make the best of it and have a relationship with our mate, they can be our soulmate. And there's no one soulmate we need to find. We just need to be good mates. And then whoever we have will be our soulmate. mate. Uh, that will be it for today. This is uh, Reverend Dr. Rick. Uh, this is Templar States Ministry. And this has been another sermon while I drive. And uh, I hope to talk to you again uh, next week. Bye.